I'm Joshua Potts, Mr. Pottsable, usually with a brother with the same mother, Aaron Potts, super hot Potts, but this week, solo, dolo, doing my thing, and you're listening to your favorite two, well, your favorite two black runners every single two black Tuesday. Now I'm going to go into high octaves like Aaron. I'm just going to keep y'all grounded. We back on the Two Black Runners podcast. And you know we got to keep y'all on toes. You feel me? We had a lot of podcasts in the end of 2022 where it was just like Aaron doing his thing. And I had to get, I had to come back and give y'all some. I had to come back and really give y'all one by myself. You feel me? I had to show off my technique, my process. Now I'm just playing. Really? Really this one got filmed because like I'm, a, I'm in school still. I Cal State University Fullerton. And like I had to write a paper. I'm in a journalism major, so like I had to write uh, an interview, I had to like article, you feel me, like a future article story, and I was all like, bro, like everything I try to do, like in journalism, I try to connect it back to running, because like, why not, and you feel me, like I can use it for other stuff, like for the podcast, so that's exactly what I did, I had to write a story, and I had to do an interview, and I was like, let's record it, we'll post it on the Two Black Runners podcast, and shoot, here we go. <laughs> And like, honestly, it was a great chance like to do it too, because this is an amazing story. Joe Lorenko is the person I got the interview for this. Joe Lorenko is, when I went into the interview, I thought he was just the vice president and the COO of a snail space running shop. But actually he is the new owner of a snail space running shop. He just bought the majority of the shares. I, I believe that's what it was, don't quote me on that. But uh, he's the new owner. He's the owner, owner of, of, over all the operations and everything. So it was great. I was like the first person to really like cover that. I broke the story, but you're hearing this like six months, four months afterwards. So maybe it's still not a fresh story, but still like Joe Lorenko, new owner of a snail space running shop. And that's a big deal because a snail space, if you don't know, it's one of the biggest running chains in Southern California. They're on the top 50 best running stores. They've been on that list since for the past 16 years, like 14 of the past 16 years, I believe. And a snail space, it's really, I feel like it's, it's well-renowned, especially in Southern California. I believe in the whole entire country, people know snail space. So like for him to be the new owner, it's a very, very big deal. And like to hear his story from um, just being a runner in Orange County, starting at the store and then being all the way to the owner is amazing. Like. If you're a young entrepreneur, if you work in retail, if you just like small businesses, I think this will be a great podcast for you. And I think we'll have a lot of motivation going into 2023 that you can pull out an inspiration as well. So if this does sound a little bit different, know that I was interviewing like someone. So like it sounds, I feel like it may sound more like an interview, but I think it's good. I think it's good. So without further ado, go ahead, listen to the podcast. I also got a plug real quick too. Subscribe to the Two Black Runners YouTube channel, bro, and watch the new videos. We're, we're releasing new vlogs of just me and Aaron on there. And I think there's going to be a lot of cool stuff, a lot of cool videos and vlogs that you're going to see in 2023, like for sure. So subscribe there. Now, listen to the podcast. Maybe I'll release my paper too, if y'all like this. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, which I think a lot of y'all are, leave a review, man. Like, come on leave a review. We got 86. Can we get to 100? Can we get to 105 stars? I know you like this. Come on, man. All right. I should just stop talking and let my past self in 2022 talk to y'all. Uh, let's get it. All right. So I'm here at a snail's running pace. 
Yeah, a snail's running pace in Brea, California. Snail's pace running shop. Snail, oh my! Wait, why, what am I saying? Wait, what did I say? <laughs> snail's running pace. Oh, that, that's that's not a good pace to run at. Yeah, yeah. Wait, why am I forgetting the name now? Like I'm <laughs> acting, acting weird. I, you can tell. Like I'm probably gonna preface this in the podcast and everything. This is like my first time really doing like solo in a long time podcast. But also, like I'm doing this for a class, so I'm writing down as I go. So I think there is a little bit of nerves, a little bit of nerves as I go into this one. But uh, I'm appreciative that Joe Lorenko, the vice president and COO of A Snail's Pace Running Shop is with us here today. We're at the Brea location, one of your many locations in the Southern California area and just all over Orange County as well. It's been around since 19, 1980? 1979. It's been interesting, to say the least. Yeah, no, there's uh, there's quite a bit that you learn, and I knew quite a bit about the company, but um, going from running operations to to running everything is is a big jump. A lot of new tasks to learn, a lot of new jobs to to understand, and wanted to keep the continuity of what we've built over the last forty three years um, is always at the at the forefront of it. So. I've just been trying to not screw things up the last three months. <laughs> that's that's pretty crazy. I didn't know I was coming over and we had the new, like, <laughs> new crowned everything uh, snail's pace, like, going forward. That's that's really big. Congratulations to you. Thanks, I, I yeah. have to say that first off. But just how, what would you describe, since you are, like, leader now, you, you're the champion of, of snail's pace, just, like, what, how would you describe uh, snail's pace to, to somebody? Snail's pace is really what, running is all about it's helping people find the right gear and making their run smoother uh, whether it's you know 85 year old grandma who has trouble walking uh, to go grab her mail or someone looking to do their you know 50th marathon it's uh, it's all about just helping out the local community giving back and being a resource for uh, helping to grow the sport in orange county and it's funny that you say that, like building uh, the local community, because that's what I want to go to next. Like I see that today you guys actually have like a pub run, I believe. Is it at this location? It's based up out of around this location. Yeah. So we'll be at a uh, at a local brewery down the road uh, and we're do we do weekly fun runs just to get the community out and socialize uh, mm -hmm. anyone from, you know, six minute milers to, to walkers come on out. And uh, occasionally we'll sprinkle in a, an event at an outside uh, location like 
uh, brewery just to uh, just to bring out a different crowd, just to have a little bit of fun after the the run, yeah. uh, hang out and socialize and talk. So people have a good time with it. Because I feel like when I visited you guys' site too, like you guys have you guys do a lot of different events. It feels like with like pub, pub runs, you have like things like team nights, your wellness programs, your weekly runs, and like the list can really go on. Has that always been an emphasis in the store since the beginning? It has been, yeah. It's uh, between the run club, which has about 400 members uh, who get together once a week just to to run and, and socialize to our training programs, uh, where we have a, a dedicated coach who creates training programs to help people, you know, either run, walk their first 5K or, or train up to a full marathon, uh, to corporate wellness programs and team nights that we work with local high schools. It's always been uh, the primary focus of the business is really just giving back and, and finding ways to connect with them. Yeah, it really does seem like that. And I was kind of uh, thinking as well in a way, like, because I, I go to church and like people, always, they always say like at church, you know, like church is like a part of like, it's a part of like the extension of the community. Like when there's first thing, like if something, a big earthquake would happen, like people would go to the church for like water and stuff like that and things. But like um, running, as, as more as I've become, um, engulfed in the running community and not just track and field per se, like I'm realizing how much more important like coming to your local running store is as well. Just how it is if like you're a religious person like that church or something like, it's really important to be like engulfed in that local running community because just in general to have a community in running does make it more fun, I would say. It's a really tight knit community like uh, like you've probably seen uh, traveling with your podcast. Uh, when we need something from the community or we call on the community, everybody steps up. I, I think back to a few years ago uh, when there was a, the Boston Marathon bombings and we held uh, a fun run. People wanted to do something. They wanted to get mm. together. Uh, we had 400 people show up out of nowhere. Wow. And they were donating to, uh, to the relief fund. Uh, we're going to be doing some promotions around the holidays we normally do with you know, some canned food drives and some toys for tots. Uh, some sock donations to some local shelters, just looking for ways to give back to the community. And every, anytime we do something like that, it always amazes me how much our customers and the community kind of step up and help out with those efforts to, to really give back to those less fortunate. You know, it's running is a sport that anyone can enjoy. All you need yeah. are a pair of shoes. And in some cases, not even shoes, just head out your door and go for a run. And I think it, uh, it connects a lot of people from different races, ages, demographics, everyone can connect around the the sport of running. Yeah, most definitely. Definitely would agree. Definitely. Yeah. It connects uh, so, so many people. And it's, I feel like too, it's weird when people like get into it, you know, cause people never want to run generally as their kids. So I want to go to you when you first really started, uh, Joe, like your running journey, how did that all come to be? Yeah. It's funny. Cause running is usually every other sports punishment, right? Yeah. That's the joke. Um, I loved sports growing up. I, anything and anything I could and everything I could play, I, I joined in school, middle school. I, I played basketball, softball, um, never really did a lot growing up, um, outside of school events, but just found that running was what I was best at. So when I got into high school, I had never heard of cross country mm -hmm. and like most cross country coaches that first week of PE, they'll come out and have everybody run a mile and pick out any of the freshmen that they think could be good athletes for cross country. So sure enough, being as competitive as I am, I went out and ran the mile as fast as I could. And the coach said, Hey, 
you're good at running. Why don't you come out and join cross country? Which in hindsight was the biggest mistake because I hated <laughs> distance running. Uh, but from that uh, kind of birthed this relationship with the cross country uh, and track coach. And I found my calling in track and actually competed in short sprints and jumps in high school and uh, had so much fun doing it. I wanted to continue to doing it to do it after high school that I was lucky enough to get into UC Irvine and competed there for four years mm-hmm. uh, in the long jump and uh, short sprints and have continued ever since. Now, as I'm older, in my 40s, the distance running has become more appealing. So I've done a yeah. couple marathons and a handful of half marathons and uh, still have a good time just socializing with people, just getting out there and, and taking a break mentally from everything else going on and spending some time on the trails or even you know just running around the block. It uh, gives you an opportunity to just kind of clear your head and uh, makes you it makes you feel good. No, no, yeah, most most definitely. And I w- I was curious too because thinking back, because uh, I was looking some re- researching on you and everything. Like when you first started, you're 17 at the store in 2000. You know, I w- in March you started March March 2000. You know, I was born in March 2000. That's kind of crazy. That's kind of <laughs> crazy. I just seen that. Make so, me feel old now, man. <laughs> uh, you're seasoned. You're seasoned most definitely. But uh, like so, but then around that time, like, was there any influence just like from the track world and seeing like the Olympics? Because around that time, like. Michael Johnson, I feel like he was a big deal. Like yep. people, my uncles, we got to talk to Michael Johnson on the podcast and my uncles, they're all like telling us like questions that you need to ask them. And they don't really follow track like that, but they knew when we had Michael Johnson, like that was, that was a big deal. And even in that 2000 year, he won the Olympics in the 400 and you did long jump. That was the same, I, Mike Powell and, uh, and uh, Carl Lewis were earlier in the nineties, but like that was still around that time where the two, the US men's team, and women's team was like really dominant and like stars in like the 90s and the early 2000s. Did I I have some influence to draw you more into like the running world? Those gold shoes, man. Yeah. (laughs) Michael Johnson, the gold shoes, 96 Atlanta. Yeah, I had a poster up in my office in Fountain Valley when I was finishing up uh, college and uh, doing some e-commerce work for a snail space. I had that poster up right above my desk. Uh, yeah, I grew up on the Michael Johnsons, the, the Carl Lewises, mm-hmm. the, uh, the Mike Powells, UC Irvine alumni, Zot Zot. Um, yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing to see those athletes competing back then. Those were our idols back in the day. And uh, yeah, still, you know, still get goosebumps thinking about uh, that 200 meter final in Atlanta with the world record broken. It was just recently broken, I think, right? A couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Season. Um, so yeah, that's, that was a huge influence on me is just watching those guys. Everybody wanted the gold shoes. Everybody wanted mm. to wear the, the, the fast spikes, uh, back in high school. So yeah, I, I, I love that era. Wait, I, Mike Powell went to Irvine. He went to UC Irvine. I did not. I feel like someone has definitely told me that, but that's just probably skipped my mind. Fun fact. He doesn't have the long jump school record. Oh, he really? He does have the high jump school record. <laughs> Wait, yeah, that, that is a fun fact. Yeah, I did not. I'm pretty sure someone has definitely told me that in the past, but that completely uh, skipped my mind for sure. But and also during that time, which Diestat came out too, yeah. like in 1998, Diestat came out. Did that also like influence you at all? Like when you're in high school and then uh, in college as well, like as like because there was what the running boom in the 80s, but the 90 and early 2000s, there's kind of a running boom within 
high school, cross country, track, and on the internet. Yeah, yeah. I was when I was in high school, I was still cutting out clippings from the newspapers. So <laughs> Dice Dad was still new, and you all had to log into AOL to to get online. So it took a while, but yeah, it was neat to see uh, your results posted online and articles about the local community, which. Uh, outside of newspapers, you didn't really get much. So it was neat to see this new platform where you could look up, you know, the name that you had heard of at, mm. at some meet or you went to an invitational and competed against somebody but didn't know anything about them. You could jump online and, and read more about them. And it was fun to start connecting more uh, with the broader community and not just focusing in on your, you know, league uh, competitors or even yeah. kind of county competitors back then. So it was a fun time. Then, like, as you you get all of that, you have, like, the stars and track and field and, like, you're learning more about, like, the sport. And then the, on the, on your website, and on the web, website about your bio, talks about, like, your mom kind of dragging you in to become work here at the store when you're 17 years old. Did it, like, but, like, even though she dragged you in to come work, did it, um, did, did like, knowing the Dystad and, like, knowing Michael Johnson, everything and being closer to running, like, and like have have give you like some excitement about like coming to work and like working at a running store compared to like just working at McDonald's down the street. Yeah, it was a funny story. I never really I mean at 17 I don't think you're most people are thinking about work yet. So mm-hmm. my mom would always go to Snail Space and pick up a, a new set of spikes for me for the track season as my Christmas gift. And she walked in my senior year back in two, 1999 I guess this would be and she came home with uh, track spikes and an application. And she said, yeah, you're getting a job. And I think you'd, I think you'd like to work here. And I said, no, you know, I'm, you know, I'm focusing on college and want to do well, want to graduate, have some fun. But she kept pushing me. She kept pushing me. I called the store probably a dozen times to, until I got a hold of the, the manager there and um, finally gave me a job. So, yeah, it was, it was the first taste that I had really uh, in the – larger world of running and, mm-hmm. and run specialty which was completely uh a foreign concept to me but yeah when you start to interact and talk to customers and 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 learn what their journey is whether it is the high school kid coming in that wants to compete at the next level or your middle-aged mom who's just you know wanting to compete uh back then a, a 20 mile walk um to raise funds for breast cancer awareness whatever it might have been uh, I was com- I was drawn to that uh, because we do impact people uh, on so many different levels and so many different uh, goals that they're trying to achieve. So, yeah, tying it all in, it was just some pla- a place that I fell in love with and obviously never left. Yeah, that's pretty amazing to see, like the like the the go up in the ranks like through the years like that too, and to be able to be like to continue working when you, at your time at UCI as well and. Oh, well, first, before I get to that, though, I was wondering, like, was your family the type of family that was like, because um, you kind of like you kind of brought up like your mom, like brought up as a surprise that you went to application Were they always did they always, ever any other time where they're like, you need to go out there and work or anything or like when you're a kid did they have like incentives to where like you got to like work for the things that you get and stuff like that. No, I grew I'm, I'm first generation uh, in this country. My parents came from from Portugal. So education never really was a priority mm-hmm. for them. Um, my parents split early on. So it was uh, spending half the time with my dad, half the time with my mom. Uh, so a lot was kind of learning on my own. When I got uh, this job, 
that's when I really started to think about my future. I didn't really think about it too much. Uh, it was just kind of what was in front of me at that moment, get through high school and then we'll figure out college next. Um, and this, uh, this job and, and running in high school really is what gave me the direction, uh, for where I am today. So it's, uh, it's been a huge part of my life. Uh, like I said, 22 years here. I met my wife here. She was a, a co-worker of mine back in the day. So it's, uh, it's a pretty special place, and I'm, I'm, I'm honored and kind of lucky to, to be able to call my one and only job for the rest of my life. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's incredible, most definitely. And you going to work, uh, going to work and while still, like, running at UC Irvine, doing the long jump and everything like that, just kind of describe – well, what was the balance like first off there, like working at a store and like work and uh, running like D1? Like that's that's a hard that's a hard thing to do. It's hard to just be an athlete in general, especially in college with the classes and the intensity as it does go up once you get to college and just to focus on everything. But how was it trying to balance all of that? Don't ask me what my GPA was. <laughs> no, it was tough. It was a handful. And uh Working retail, there really aren't a whole lot of different opportunities instead of working in the store. So mm -hmm. when I got into college and decided I wanted to continue to work and also compete and get a degree, I looked for any way I could to to help contribute to the company. So I, I created positions that ownership didn't even know they wanted to have. So we, we took on a lot of team sales stuff. So I would go out to high schools uh, with boxes of spikes in the back of my truck and sling shoes after track practice uh, when I was uh, at practice. Uh, we launched an e-commerce site. Uh, I did not get my degree in computer sciences, so I just kind of figured it out on my own. The, I was really fortunate that uh, at the time my two bosses were open to letting me uh, explore different avenues for the company, and it's, uh, it's set us up for all the success that we've had right now. So uh, it was not the easiest thing to do, but looking back on it now, I don't think I would have done it any other way. I think having a good balance between, uh, school and running and work, uh, is important nowadays. I think yeah. too many times people will focus on, on solely one thing and, uh, it's tough. It's good to have an outlet, even if it's, you know, a, a burden at times, I think having something to do different than what you're always doing and kind of in that same cycle just allows you to take a break and to focus on on something else and and kind of reset as you go back to something else and i think most definitely uh just the fact of because a lot of people just focus on one thing so they don't want like something else to be like a burden but i think certain things can like open up doors that you never really imagined like you've been working here for 20 something years and now to where you are now but I, when you think about that time and being a college student right now and having friends that have jobs, a lot of them do look at those jobs as like a burden. Like somebody, if they're for say worked at Party City, like I don't know if they're gonna go out their way to be all like, all right, at Party City, I'm gonna create this new position to where like they go like deeper into the company. Like, did you see yourself at that time? Like, well, first, the first question, just like, why did you? I don't know. I just feel like it's a lot to, to for you to as a college student to go out your way to be all like, I'm going to I want to do more in this company. Like I want to try and elevate it to like another level. It, was that something to where like you had just that little bit of change in your first like three years there? 
or was it kind of, and you start to see that like I can have like a real future here like for the long term I wasn't even thinking about future at that point I think uh, I went into college I was undecided and declared for the first two years and eventually my uh, uh, my counselor there said all right you need to pick something mm-hmm. and uh, I basically went with whatever I had the most credits in so again I, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do I just know I loved being in the stores I loved helping people uh, I loved what the stores did uh, for the community so it really just came down to what would work around my schedule obviously with a school a full school schedule and competing uh in track in college there's not a whole lot of time left over for for work for family for everything else so it was more out of necessity on my part that i just mm-hmm. know i didn't i didn't want to leave yeah uh, but i knew that the store had specific hours that i had to work within and uh it didn't always fit into my what my schedule was so once i started taking on some of these newer jobs newer ac- directions that we really didn't have um, beforehand that was when I first started kind of thinking all right long term this is pretty cool I like kind of the small business thing I didn't want to do any internships I didn't like wearing suits to work (laughs) anything like that you know you can't beat showing up in shorts and in running shoes uh, as your uh, nine-to-five job so that 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 really appealed to me so looking for ways to continue to grow the company and, and kind of impact the the community was what I was focused at at that time around uh, the the busy schedule that I had with with running in school. And then would you recommend like now going back, like for NCAA athletes to have like an extra job right now? I think so. Um, we have a number of our, our employees in the company that do run either in high school or collegiately. And I think it's it's great. Like I said, it's you find something that you're passionate with, whether it's a running shop or party city, if you Mm -hmm. have a passion for balloons, uh, maybe (laughs) you do, uh, whatever it might be, just this, that's the time to get out there and try things. I think when you only focus on one thing, you're selling yourself short, you you might not know what is out there. So, uh, it's good to have a break. Like I said, from all the study and all the schoolwork, uh, all the running, if you're competing in college to, to just leave everything at home, disconnect go do something that you you might like you might not like uh, but at least you'll know coming out of school um, all right that's not going to work for me I don't need to kind of go down that path gives you a few more options I feel like Mm -hmm. and then I was thinking to going back to when you were saying like you were slanging shoes when you're at the high schools just like and just even the e-commerce store like what what gave you like that idea like what was there other shoe stores that you've seen running stores seen doing that there's other retail stores in general or even just like going like that that's a great idea to be able to just to go to the high school for they can see your face then they'll actually come to the store down eventually like what was the uh, influence of that or was that just something that came to be yeah, with the internet kind of popping up big in the early 2000s, I was I was looking at what other stores were doing. People were starting to build websites, and uh, we had done a lot of team sales in store, mm-hmm. uh, but it was never as successful as I th- hoped it would be. So I thought of you know why not take the store to the kids and uh, show up at practice. So um, again, just looking for different ways that I could contribute to the company and and uh, and get some work in. I pitched that to my two bosses at the time and they were all on board with it. E-commerce was starting to pick up, um, you know, back in 2005, 2006, there still wasn't a lot of shopping uh, websites where you can go on and find uh, what you're looking for. It definitely was not what Amazon is today. Yeah. Uh, so there were very few options out there uh, for running gear specifically. So 
Uh, I was interested in that. It was kind of new for everyone. So that gave me an opportunity again to find some more work. I could do it in the student center between classes for an hour or two um, and help kind of just expand uh, expand the brand um, outside of just Orange County and Southern California and to let people know, you know, what Snail Space was all about. Is it crazy to see where... Well, e-commerce, like you mentioned Amazon, but crazy to see where the e-commerce like here is now, like compared to then, like where you guys first started and kind of like that being like your baby in a way to where like the sales are now being like the CEO and everything. Yeah, it's a bigger part of our sales now. It's it's it definitely is crazy just looking at what you can get in an hour, like mm -hmm. you can order up, you know, a pair of. I don't know, black socks in a size extra large and they'll be at your doorstep in, in 30 minutes. Uh, but for us, it's still the, uh, a big part of it is, is the touching, the feeling of shoes, the trying on of shoes. You can't really replicate what we do uh, in online yeah. sales with uh, digital foot scanners and measuring your feet and arch heights and putting people on treadmills and diagnosing the type of gait that they have to help them really narrow down the 110 different shoes we have on the wall into the three or four that we think will work out best for them. That's still our bread and butter. I don't think that's ever going to go away uh, for running stores like us. But yeah, the, the boom of e-commerce has, has made it more convenient for our customers too. So we've been able to adapt some of the changes that you see the big companies like Amazon and Running Warehouse do yeah. um, so that our local customers who love us but maybe can't get down into the store um, can still support us by jumping on our site and picking up another pair of the shoes that they like. So it's been great. It's been a great compliment to have to, our, to the brick and mortar side of the business. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, we're always looking at continuing to pivot and adapt into the new ways people are people are shopping that was definitely is yeah it's yeah it's so crazy just how fast you can get shoes or just but yeah there's no better experience than actually like coming into the store and definitely if you're trying like something new for sure like for the first time like a shoe for the first time and the community the community is always great but then also i wanted to go back into like your story and like this timeline like you become you first became a manager in 2006. Mm -hmm. That's when you became to a manager. And then you became a shareholder in 2009. Yep. But then like looking at those two moments, like I think those those are two like incredible uh, milestones in general to be able to be like a manager and then become a shareholder to take that leap and like buy that is a role they, well, well before I did, how did that become to be to become like a shareholder as well? Yeah. So I, after I finished college, I, I was still doing a bunch of random jobs for the company. Didn't really know what I wanted to do, but knew I wanted to stick around within the business, whether it was with Snail's Pace or working with a vendor as a, as a rep um, or, or something to that effect. So uh, we had an opening within the company at one of our stores uh, for the manager position, and I interviewed, and it was kind of a funny story. My now former business part at the time said, you know, it's, it's a good fit, but it's probably not the best fit. So let's hold off. Mm. Um, and within a week he calls me back and he says like, can you start tomorrow? <laughs> so I took him up on the offer, went over and managed one of our stores for about five years. And during that time was really when I fell in love and got a better understanding of all the operations and what it really takes to run a store. Um, after running a retail store for five years, um, that's a really, really long lifespan for most people at one place. Uh, it's where I kind of had my aha moment of, all right, what, what's next for me? And that's when I actually approached um, my bosses at the time and said, all right, you know, it's either time for me to uh, find 
a different avenue in life or to uh, be a bigger part of, of this company. And, mm-hmm. uh, it ended up working out well for me. They were both open to it and allowed me to invest what little money I had between my couch cushions in, uh, in the company and uh, really opened up the door for where I am today. So I ended up leaving the manager position at that time and oversaw operations of all the stores back in 2009. And that gave me an, a, a new appreciation for what my bosses did. It's it's funny. It's you never really know what someone does until you actually do it. Yeah. And when I got a chance to get in there and get my hands dirty on not just one location where I was able to have a whole lot of control over the day to day operations, to at the time five locations and managing five different people with five different personalities and five different mindsets uh, was really eye opening. And it, I enjoyed the challenge and kind of embraced it and uh yeah have never left so since 2009 you've been managing all like all locations correct okay and then but i also feel like that's a kind of a crazy moment in time from the 2006 to 2009 because you look back and like you becoming like a shareholder investing your money because that's also the same time like there's a great recession in like the u.s so like what was like investing, like you said, just digging through the cushions, like looking for coins. Like how was it making that decision knowing that there's a great recession or was there more pressure during that time or anything? If you ask my wife, uh, she would say I have an irrational, irrational positivity uh, outlook on life. <laughs> um, sometimes to my detriment, but knock on wood, it's been pretty good so far. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, I don't think run specialty is going anywhere. You know, mm-hmm. the involvement in the local community, the support that we get from everybody, and just the importance that we have with helping people find the right shoes. You probably have listeners that have bought, you know, five or six pairs online and get them home, try them all out, find one that they hopefully like, send all of them back. Um, and they'll do that a few times until they realize, you know, I need to talk to somebody who actually can help me find the right one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, at that time, I just knew that this is where I wanted to be. And I knew that they would always have a place in, uh, in America. I, I with e-commerce getting huge right around then, you know, people, some of my friends looked at me and said, really, you're going to invest in, you know, stores. You know, yeah. You're yeah. going to be buying thing on, things online by, by 2020. Uh, and I said, yeah, no, that's it. We're different. And even my family members that helped me out a little bit with that kind of initial investment looked at me a little strangely. And I don't think they probably ever thought they'd get their investment back. But, uh-huh. Um, here I am proved them wrong <laughs> and, uh, yeah, continue to just build off of that and, you know, look to, expand and and help out more communities as soon as we can and that's that's incredible make that definitely make that leap of faith like in during that time and but you know like holding on to that there definitely your love for the company i feel like definitely shows through and through and that's kind of question i was get to later but i'll go to now just like you as like a 17 year old when you first kind of came into the company like how has um how has that love really like changed for just like run specialty stores and everything over that time? It's definitely a deeper love for it now. And, and the, and we're such a tight knit community. There's probably about 800, you know, run specialty stores in the country. And as I've grown and as I've gone to vendor conferences with other owners across the country or out to trade shows, uh, with vendors and, and other owners, um, kind of spending a few days 
talking, commiserating about the, uh, about the industry. Uh, it really shows me or, or, or really validates how I feel about it. Um, and just how important we, that we are to everybody. I, I loved it as a, as a 17 year old and the reasons why I loved it as a 17 year old haven't changed, but there's a lot more reasons why I love it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, in addition to those feelings that I had when I was 17 or 18 and even working through college, um, I don't think people realize the importance of the local run shop to their run community. And, uh, it's part of my challenge to myself and, uh, kind of where the company will be headed the next couple of years is to just really show people, um, how much we love running and we're just here to help. And it doesn't have to be something that's difficult or something you look at and, dread doing it could be something that's fun and uh ties the community together and uh yeah it's just uh it's a real positive atmosphere and that's i just like being around positive things i think what i like what you really said just about i don't think that people realize the importance of like local run community because i i coach at norco high school uh with my dad like cross country currently right now and so then we're always telling the kids like you got to go to like this local run store for like they can actually like see how you walk and they can put you on like the on the scale for they can like do everything instead of just going to out you well you can just go to target and pick up like some running shoes like i don't and then they come they come to, they go to target they pick up the running shoes i'm like bro like you gonna run in those like <laughs> like that is and then they come two weeks later my shins hurt be like bro I, like I, you need to like you gotta you gotta like make that investment to their and I guess my one question to that is just like for for people that are asking like why should I come to a snail space if I'm just like a new runner like what why can't I just go to a normal just sports store that has everything why do I need to come to a run specialty store what's the big difference and what is a snail space really offering to, in that yeah for us it's it's just that expertise I mean everyone that works uh, for us or and with us. Our runners, uh, first and foremost, uh, we've got walkers. We've got all sorts of ability levels. I've got someone who has won a 100-mile ultramarathon race to a 100-meter sprinter and anything and everything in between. So really, it's just taking the, act, the time to get to know each individual because no two runners are alike, no two workouts are alike, and, and definitely no two feet are alike. So really taking the time to interview, ask the right questions, find out all the information we need to know to help make sense of everything up on the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, we, the staff and I like to joke around, Jeff Bezos isn't measuring your feet when you jump on his website to, <laughs> to help find or to help buy or buy a pair of shoes from him. Uh, and that's really what the difference is, is uh, building that connection with people, uh, making them feel like uh, we care because we do uh, about them and succeeding with whatever their goal might be. So um, yeah, I think that, a brief overview of uh, the importance of running, supporting run specialty. Yeah, most definitely. And with with that, uh, Snell Space has been great at doing that, at least definitely by the numbers. What's for uh, in the top 50 running stores in America 12 times in like the last 14 years. Uh, what what does that take? Like, What's the difference? It, consistency and, and having an awesome staff. Uh, and, and we're humbled every time we're honored uh, with uh, being named a, one of the best running stores in the country. 
uh, it, it really comes down to staff, um, making sure, you know, my job is to just make sure we have product in stock and, and make sure everybody's doing what they should be doing. But really staff is the one that wins those awards. They're the ones that are out there on the front lines, interacting with customers, making it a place where it's not intimidating. It could be intimidating for someone who doesn't consider themselves a runner to come mm-hmm. into a running store and to be helped by someone who might look like they're a, you know, 115 half marathoner or a 230 marathoner when really at all levels and all abilities and all speeds uh, work for the shop. So really it's just the staff that make the difference that allow us to, to be honored in those ways. And like I said, we're always humbled to, to be recognized um, in the country as one of the best stores. And then does, does your staff like, I remember when Aaron uh, worked at uh, Snail Space too, like he really, he really liked it and he, he loved working here. Just like, does the staff, what, what is the camaraderie really like around like the staff? Do you guys do things too as well, like retreats or anything like that to get like people together and just know each other? Like what's the camaraderie like with yeah. the staff? We, uh, we, we try to do as many things as we can with staff to pull them together, especially having multiple locations. And uh, I always had a blast when I was um work on the floor in high school or in college and call somebody up and you, you know, somebody by voice, uh, because you talk to them so many times cause mm-hmm. they're checking a shoe for you. Um, so to get together and actually meet and hang out is, uh, is a lot of fun. Uh, I try to do at least a quarterly event with staff now to get all the locations together to, to really just forget about work, um, not make it uh, salesy or, or businessy at all. Uh, we just had a bowling night not too long ago. We had did some axe throwing uh, a few weeks ago. Um, I'm going to start doing a run from my home, a trail run with staff, and, and do a breakfast uh, just to get everybody together and, uh, and kind of just talk about running and, and our love for it. So it's it's a big part uh, of building a tighter uh, relationship with, with staff and to, just to show them that we care. Yeah. And one thing I was just thinking about too, like, especially like with staff, like if you're going like the pub run today, like I'm pretty sure a lot of the staff would like be on that run too. And for someone like in the community, like you don't really get that a lot of places where like the person that like helps you out, like to pick out this shirt is now like running with you and you get to interact with them and get to know them just on a little like deeper level. And like that moment definitely makes the difference in like for the community and have people just don't want to keep coming back. You make friends. Yeah. You no, know, it, it, it is really cool. And, and staff members know if they come out to a pub run, they know I'm buying, buying the first round on, on me. So, uh, it is fun to just get them out and get them away from, from talking shop and, and uh, commiserating about that one, you know, that one customer who can't find the, the right shoe or, um, or comparing, you know, Oh, Hey, I helped this person. And I, you know, I sold them three pairs of shoes mm-hmm. and only sold somebody two pairs of shoes, just re- getting them out of that competitive mindset of being in the stores and just really relaxing and, and having a good time. Yeah, most definitely. And now with you being, being the leader, uh, head of a snail's pace, what is kind of your daily life? Well, not daily life, what your day to day on the job really look like in these first three months? Every day is different. You wake up, you figure out what fires need to be put out, and uh, and you kind of adjust accordingly. I've got a, a perpetual to-do list that always seems to be getting a little bit longer uh, every day that passes. So um, first and foremost, just making sure staff has what they need to be successful and making sure every customer that's coming through the door um, has a good experience. That's really um, my job, um, and to lead my executive team into 
sure that they know what's expected and, and have everything that they need to, to make their jobs easier. So um, that's a pretty broad answer on things. There's a lot more, obviously, um, small little nuances about everything. But ultimately, really, it's the staff that, uh, that make the store succeed. Is it like more paperwork compared than ever before? Or is it like, or is that more meetings as well? Or this week like... is open enrollment for health insurance. And uh, <laughs> then I've got a call next week uh, with a with a different vendor. So it, it, it varies from day to day. It's anything from, yeah, paperwork to compliance and state laws to making sure the shoes get here on time and uh, vendor relations. So anything or everything kind of falls on my plate at some degree nowadays. But then with that too, as we kind of like, as we kind of like, um, make sure as we kind of close out, like in, uh, the podcast and you being like a, a leader of like a company, like what advice would you give to someone? I know you experienced it for about three months being like the complete head, but just like, well, well, let me let me start here first, because I'm just curious, too. You didn't really know what you wanted to do as well, like when when you were younger, but was like now being like a head, like really being in small business for the past couple of years. Because I feel like especially now there definitely is like that thirst, especially for like young men as well, like be like small business owners and be or be an entrepreneur in a way as well. Like what would you give advice to someone like that who wants to be an entrepreneur or like if that is a small business owner right now? Yeah, I I would say take chances. Like if you don't try, you'll never know what what you're going to enjoy doing. You're never going to know what your passion is. So um, if you want something, go out there and do it. Go out there and get it. Um, No one's going to hand it to you. Um, it's something I tell all of my staff. If there's a position within the company that interests you, let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not the right fit now, but maybe in six months it will be the right fit. So someone looking to grow, start their career, find what their passion is, you got to take chances. And don't sitting around on the sidelines is, is not going to get you what you want. You have to go out there and uh, almost will it into existence, which is kind of what I did in being the yeah. owner of this company is, uh, there are so many people throughout the years that I think of that knew more than me or were in higher positions than I was that I would have looked at back then and said, Oh yeah, that person's going to be, you know, is going to be the succeeding our, our current owners and my former business partners. But it was something that I wanted and I just figured out how to get it. And, there was bumps along the way and it, just, yeah. it wasn't all rainbows and unicorns, but, uh, but without those, you wouldn't know what to not do when you do get to that, that level that you want to be at. So you, you got to take chances. And then wanting to become owner, when did that become like a goal for you? When our founder, Dave Reynolds, who started the company back in 79 retired in 2013 that's really when i started thinking long term um so among the shareholders back then when when our founder retired um my former business partners eddie johnson and tiffany yokum and i uh bought him out and that was kind of when i first started thinking all right long term you know i'm kind of the succession plan here mm-hmm. um between the three of us dave Eddie and Tiffany and myself, there was about, you know, 10, 15 year age difference between each. So it kind of lined up perfectly in my mind where 
Dave just retired. Eddie and Tiffany got another 10 or 15 years in them before they'll look to retire. Yeah. And at that point, I'll be kind of ready to go. Uh, so that's when I really started thinking long term and talked to my, at the time, girlfriend, now wife about, hey, you know, this could be something that that could work out for us. And um, it was a special place for us. Like I said earlier, we, we met each other here at the company and, and we've always loved uh, everything Snail Space stood for. So when the opportunity came up a couple of years ago to take over the entire thing, we jumped on it as soon as we could. Then I think this is my last question and just another advice question, but I think it's interesting to think about just like, what advice would you give that senior Joe Lorenko walking into snail pace the first day, coming to work on the job, on the floor, talking to his first customer? I don't think I could change anything, to be honest. Uh, everything worked out the way it was supposed to, kind of in my mind. It's If I had to give one piece of advice, it would have been focus on school a little bit more and <laughs> do a little bit better with your grades. Uh, but in hindsight, it, it worked out just the way it was supposed to work out. Yeah, I really I really appreciate you letting me come in, get the coming to a, a snail's pace. I don't want to mess up again. A snail's <laughs> pace, running shop here in Brea, all across Orange County, uh, if not the best store in Southern California or California, probably the best store in California for what you guys have done and what you guys have stood for. Most definitely. I really, I really do appreciate it. And just definitely just best wishes going forward uh, as the owner of the company, like definitely wishing you guys the best. Uh, yeah, it, it's been a pleasure for sure. Awesome. Thank you very much. Appreciate it.